0: Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome uh, to this platform event. Um, It's delighting to see so many people here, more than 550 people um, have come to see the conversation. Just before we start, um, how many of you have seen the performance and how many are you seen tonight? How many have seen the performance? Whoa, loads. And how many are seeing tonight? Even more. So let me just uh, give you a couple of ground rules. I'm afraid it's not like turning your head away if you don't want to know the football score. We are actually going to be discussing the whole play tonight. So it means that, you know, you're going to m- maybe know a little more uh, about what you see on stage, uh, the actual particulars, than uh, you might have thought. But anyway, I'm hoping that it will be an enjoyable session for you. So Kirstie, just e- before e- we start...
1: Ivo's e- e- lost his battery. So
0: what, what's happened is that um, our director's got stage fright. <laughs> Uh, Evo has lost his battery, but he's come back very quickly. Um, That was just to test the metal of the sound department, and the sound department here is second to none. Uh, So let me introduce on the far left, I'm sure many of you know Patrick Marber. Um, He has been a fixture at the National for more than 18 months, um, as the kind of unofficial writer in residence. He says that great theater is accessible to a great number of people. And he's very well known for updating classic texts, for example, um, Strindberg's Miss Julie, uh, transposed from 19th century Sweden to 1945 and retitled after Miss Julie. Uh, He came to this header gabler an interesting way, which I'll uh, mention in a moment. But before we even start, just a quick plug to say that he's very, very kindly pre-signed uh, his texts, and you'll find them in the bookshop. And there are a very limited number, so there should be a scrum when you leave here because you'll have nothing else to do except drink till the performance starts. Uh, then we have obviously Eva van Hoover, who um, is a much garlanded uh, director um, and is making his debut at the National, first of three different productions uh, with his gabbler. Gabler. Um, and of course, you know, very famously. He's got you know, the David Bowie um, musical on Lazarus, which is on as well. Um, he too has a reputation for taking classics and making them his own. Uh, for example, Antigone, with the Velvet Underground uh, as a sound score. Um, in the New Yorker, it said of him, in rehearsal, Van Hover usually works steadily through the text reaching the end of the play just before the first public performance. So um, I'd like to begin first of all, though, by asking Patrick, because Patrick, wrote a billy-doo uh, to and, uh, Evo about this uh, production of Hedda Gabler. Now, what happened?
1: Oh, well, um, it, it doesn't reflect well on me, this story, but I'll, I'll tell it. Uh, the National Theatre announced that Ivo van Hover was going to direct Hedda Gabler uh, in the Littleton. This was about a year ago. Um, so I heard the same way anyone else heard, by reading the tweets and the, the press release. And I thought, hmm. hmm, that'll be a hit. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, I wonder which lucky bastard's gonna write the version for him. Hmm. And, I was, and I thought, hey, maybe it could be me. Maybe he hasn't commissioned it yet. And I had his email address, because um, we have a mutual friend called Robert Fox, who is the producer of Lazarus. Um, and I had a sort of... Uh, I have another little project with Evo, um, via Robert, so I had I had the man's email address, and I thought, <laughs> Am I too proud to beg? <laughs> uh, and I thought I thought about it for a day, and I thought, No, I'm not too proud to beg. Um, I really love the play. I really want to work with Evo because um, I'd seen View from the Bridge, and it had been you know one of the great nights mm. in the theatre, and it was it, it changed everything. I think in in British mm. theatre, it was a. Um, it will be seen, I think, as a, as a major event in the thinking of how we stage plays here. And um, I thought, oh, I'm going to beg. Uh, so I sent him an email saying, I love the play, and I'd love to work with you. And um, have you commissioned a, a version yet? Uh, do you want a new version? Uh, and I, about three days of agony later, he wrote back, <laughs> saying. I had going into spam. Saying, hmm, <laughs> let me think about it. <laughs> I love that. Torture. Uh, yeah. And then about two weeks later, <laughs> he said, yeah, actually, yes,
2: yes. Do a version.
0: So Thanks. what was the delay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, as Patrick said, we met already. So we, I, well, we knew we had been talking to each other already a bit. And uh, but the, the, the idea of Hede Gabler came up very late because I was going to do another show, the show I'm doing next, season. Well, you don't talk about seasons here a year, this mm-hmm. year, later on in the fall. That's the Network, which was released ne- le- last week. I was going to do that, but for different reasons, a lot of different reasons, I didn't think it was a good idea to, d- well, a- a- afterwards it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wrong thing because Trump and Network is like one thing, you know, it would have been wonderful <laughs> to do it now, but okay. It would be but wonderful to do it then too. So uh, yeah, uh, for sure. So it, it, it was delayed and then uh, I, I talked with Rufus for some time, you know, because Rufus said, no, but you have to do another show then because Littleton is there, you know, the slot is there. So, uh, and so we started to talk about what we could be interesting for me and for the national and we came up with Hedda really right before the press release. So I hadn't really been th- giving it thought. And as everybody n- knows by now uh, is I had done it already in uh, New York, the New York version and Amsterdam version. But a long time ago. That was oh, I'm so bad. It dates, but 2004, I think, in New York, and 2005, I think, already in Amsterdam. So, but it's 11 years ago. So I thought, well, it's actually a great idea to revisit uh, uh, this play that I know very well with a new text. You know, because then you have to think also new, and that's that, that's the three days.
0: That was <laughs> the three days. So um, from the Amsterdam and New York to here. How has the view of head in your head percolated through those years? What did you want to do that was going to be different from then?
2: Yeah, but I didn't think... Uh, uh, what I, I have a repertory company in Amsterdam. It's called Toneelgroep Amsterdam. We play a lot in the Barbican. Uh, and so um, what we do a lot is... We have, for instance, Scenes from a Marriage by Ingmar Bergman. We, have it, we play it almost every year since 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. You know, that you have this wine that gets better and better and better and better and better. Of course, you have to know when to stop because also wine gets (laughs) eh? (laughs) (laughs) okay. But so also, for instance, Roman tragedies, uh, Mm. huge Shakespeare, uh, epic Shakespeare production we'll be back at the Barbican in a few weeks, yeah. you know, and we were here already in 2009. We play it since 2007 all over the world. So I, we are, I'm very much used and it's very much part of my life in the theater to yeah, revisit, revisit things yeah. and to look at things anew. And I think what we did uh, in the version already, but Patrick can talk about it much mm-hmm. better. The version is much, the, the language is much more minimalistic than in the other versions that I did.
0: And, and you absolutely loved Hedda Gabler. I mean, it was, it was central to your kind of view of the theatre, Hedda Gabler. So what did you bring to this version that you thought that it would complement Ivo's style of minimalism and so forth? Or you didn't know, or did you know it was going to be a minimalist?
1: No, I did, um, because Ivo um, gave me... A, we, we met in a, a pub near where I live, um, and we had a half-hour conversation About Hedda Gabler. And Ivo's incredibly efficient to work with. Uh, And he said, I I can give you half an hour on this date (laughs) at this time. Um, And he drew this set on a scrap of paper. And he said, That's the set. Um, And I'm going to do this. And there's going to be this. And this and this. And his brief was was brilliant. Um, He said, I want you to write a text that I could have performed in Victorian costume on a period set, um, but that's not how I'm doing it. So you have to bear that in mind, that I don't, want it f- I don't want slang, I don't want swearing, I don't want contemporary speech, but I want it to feel contemporary mm-hmm. and yet be possible to perform it in, in the late 19th century. Um, so it's a very difficult brief, but a very coherent brief. And so I, I just cut it down, really. I just said it mm-hmm. as quickly as I could. Um, and as um, speakably as I could, I suppose.
0: Um, so then we come on to uh, the rehearsal process, and was it like the way it was described in The New Yorker, where you actually go through the text, and by the time you actually yeah. come to opening night, you're at the end of the play, or was it not well, like Well,
2: what I love uh, to do is rehearse in total chronological order. So to discover, together with the actors, Mm. scene by scene, not knowing pr- or pretending not to know what the end will be. Mm-hmm. So that you're, I think that gives freedom, mm-hmm. you know? So it's n- not always possible, but in this case I did it uh, with Hedda Gabri because it's not a lot of actors, so that's easy to organize. So I did it. Uh, we worked towards the ending, and I think it, you will see the ending tonight that pays, I think that pays off. Because also Ruth was really in a state <laughs> when she came, at the ending, it was a very—I remember—I will never forget that rehearsal. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell too much about it because it's, it feels like a little bit pri- and personal and pri- for me, anyway. But it was a, a very intense rehearsal, yeah. which we had to stop also. So I'm o- not I said, surprised. "I said, stop. We we stop it and and we come." Well let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at yeah. one o'clock it was one PM. So everybody at the national thing <laughs> is going home, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I it felt not like oh S- it, uh, it was too much. Yeah. Too much too uh, and then the day after everybody came in I said, Well guys, what do we do? We we can go back to the beginning and start working it through again, you know, and or we can just do uh, pr- go on with it, uh, and then who said we go on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it's what yeah. right, it happened.
0: And you came to rehearsals, and uh, you you sat at the table, and uh, did it, was it always a case of waiting to be asked to give a note, or did you volunteer? I, I wonder how what your working relationship became like.
1: Oh, well, it was very affable and easy, and I felt able to talk if I wanted to, and very happy to be silent. I mean, I, I came to rehearsals primarily to see how Evo works. Yeah because um, I was just fascinated to see this man at work with actors. And um, I was very happy to contribute when asked or, or chip in, but that wasn't really why I was there.
0: But you were asked. And what sort of things? I'm interested to in know what you might go to Patrick But
2: there for. were a lot of changes also mm-hmm. in the text, you know. There was yes. really... Uh, it was also working further on the exact... Uh, mm-hmm meaning, what it should be, uh, you know, and it was a lot of things like that or or things that then suddenly that I thought I understood, but then suddenly I I didn't really got. And then Patrick could really bring light into my darkness. (laughs) Yes.
1: I I really love rewriting in rehearsals because I think you only as a playwright understand the play and the production when you're in the room with the actors, with the director. And so it It was a very creative feeling being in the room with Ivo and his whole creative team. It's the other thing that is completely unlike the way we British rehearse plays, is that the designer, the lighting Mm -hmm. designer, the costume designer, the sound designer are all present throughout. So you feel that everyone's energy is focused on this piece, not just the actors and the director. Usually the creative team come Mm -hmm. in in the last week. Mm Uh, in England, mm-hmm. but here everyone
2: was there, and it was a... It because was that's
0: what you were doing in Amsterdam, first of all, with your own company.
2: Yeah, but I do it all over the world. No, but
0: first, th- that's what you've always done.
2: Yeah, but I think it's very important, you know, that uh, making theater, if it's good, lights, uh, costumes, everything has to be one unity. You cannot add things, you know? It's like it has to be something which grows together. That's what I feel about it.
0: Now, you're, you're a set designer and your life partner, Jan. Um, Designs all uh, the plays that you actually put on yeah. so I- is it kind of as a, a symbiotic relationship i mean do you not is there a shorthand i mean how much does this set change I mean obviously at the national I knew were New York and Amsterdam before but how is the, how is the how does the sense of this work
2: I got this question millions of times <laughs> Sorry. it's, it's yeah, but no no <laughs> no and it, it, but it's for me i didn 't f- St- I, because, as you said, we live together and we work together. So there's no real separation there. So it's so hard to talk about how we do that Be- because it's our life. Yeah. That's our way of living together. And uh, p- uh, of course. What, and what, but what I can say about it, because we've been doing this for 36 years together, that's a long time. And what we never get bored with each other. We still seem to find a way mm-hmm. to. He is very critical of my work, <laughs> uh, and I'm very critical of his work. <laughs> and, and we, but we, you know, sometimes people think, oh, they have a quarrel, a real no. quarrel, you know. But, no, but th- it never is because we go home and we have, you know, we talk and we we have we talk about other things. So, but we can, we still, uh, th- we never go for something what we consider mediocre. So uh, if a light is not on the right moment that I think it should be, I mentioned it, but yeah. it's an artistic, it's a real, continuous, go, ongoing artistic, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a conver- real conversation. Mm-hmm. And we try to push the limits always further and further and further towards, e- towards each other.
0: Before we, we talk um, about Hedda Gabler um, herself, um, <coughs> The way that this is constructed, there is nowhere for the actors to go. They're very exposed the whole time. And I think that's really, I mean, they're really on their <coughs> metal the whole time. I think it's phenomenal a, a, yeah. a, a, as a piece of work. But Hedda never, I mean, I'm sorry, this is not a spoiler. She never leaves the stage. <laughs> she never leaves the stage. There's, there's no respite for her at all. And I, I wonder how, how Ruth took that on.
2: Oh, she embraced it immediately. She, she loved the idea immediately. Yeah. But Ruth is a real theater person, yeah. eh? you yeah. know. It, it's a real theater actress, yeah. and she uh, uh, she was so inspired. She brought a lot to the to the to the mm. character, to the role. She deepened it. She made it personal, mm. you know. Uh, and but she embraced also the theatricality of yeah. the, of the uh, of the. So she really was. She is the center of the play, mm. but also in the working process, you know, she was the center. She she hol- held it all. Together. Yes, um, and I would yes. also say
1: because the, the version was written for Ruth. By the time I came to write the version, I knew that Ruth had been cast, and I was a, a huge admirer yeah. of her work anyway, so it was a real pleasure to write. For, I don't think I've ever done that before, to write for a, a specific mm-hmm. actor for a role, but it, watching her work over the years, I, I, could write, I could write her anything. I could write Subtext See, another pitch. Doesn't um, take him long. I can, yeah. The, I, there, was, there was nothing I couldn't write for this actress. Um, um, she, can, she can do it all. Yeah. And so that was incredibly liberating as a yeah. writer. But I think that's where the, the part just fits her like a glove. It yeah. should do because it's, it was written for her.
0: And what is and what is so brave, I think, in, 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 for an act an actor like Ruth Wilson as well, is that it's no secret to say she plays a character that is not actually a very likable character in many ways. But but she has there is a sympathy vote, I think, for her throughout, even though when she's not likable.
2: Yeah. That's. Uh, it's not easy to play Hedda Gabler. Well, it's a big part, of course, so it's very attractive. It mm. seems to be, but just to do it and to make it work. Mm. And for me, the main thing of the of every Hedda Gabler is that you should believe that the what happens at the end should. I, yeah. <laughs> I cannot say. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody knows, but uh, yeah, but uh, it you though. know, it's it's like what happens at the end, really the end with her. You have to make mm. that belief. yes, you and, have and to that, get was whole, that was my whole—that was my goal—to mm-hmm. really believe that to make it believe that you don't think, oh well, it's happening, but okay. Why?
0: But, but I suppose what it is also—it's, I mean, when Ibsen then turned to Hedda Gabler, he made it much more about the, the, the idea of the personal. You know, that was about the idea of relationships and control. And that women were a particular point in society then, particularly you know, about what was acceptable for women and what wasn't acceptable for women. That, of course, has changed massively, but but the universals are still there about power, about control. And yeah, do you I talk about that in rehearsal?
2: I don't talk that much. Huh? You don't talk in no. rehearsal. Uh, do you talk I, in I rehearsal? I don't know. To them do I talk? Much? No. So
1: Evo says he, he's disingenuous because he. Ivo says, no, I I don't want to talk about the psychology. Mm -hmm. He'll say that in rehearsal. But actually, the way he works with the actors, I think, is very quietly, brilliantly psychological, Mm -hmm. because these actors um, did the first preview of Hedda Gabler, having only run the play once in the rehearsal room, and one dress rehearsal, but they were the best prepared company and the most relaxed company I think I've ever experienced. And it was a real education for me as a as a sometime director wow. that y- you don't need to run and run the play to to make the actors feel safe mm-hmm. um, they just need to feel safe and they they did i was um, i was sort of staggered by it all um, but that's that's 36 years of of brilliance and yeah. experience and but they felt they felt
0: but you know but you know Hedda intimately but yeah, every time you stage it with a different actress, you're going to bring something. She, that actress, yeah. as you say, is going to bring something. Yeah, but so that I, I
2: had with with Ruth, uh, one short again conversation. A month, I think it was a month before we started, or so. I was in London I d- uh, rehearsing Lazarus, and so she was here in between things of the affair. She was for mm-hmm. a short a few days in London, so she got in touch with. So we had a coffee, and we. T- And she said, well, what should I, (laughs) how should I? And then I I said, I remember I said her one thing that I think it's very important when you play Hedda that it has a little bit to do with the chronological order of rehearsal, that Mm -hmm. you have to not to uh, think about her as a certain person with a certain identity, but that she reacts, she's there all the time, somebody enters the room Mm -hmm. and there is somebody he, he or she says something, and you respond mm-hmm. to it. So that she should, should allow herself to to take that freedom, that you don't need to do something as Hedda Gabler. And then I believe that the scenes will bring you to the depth that's necessary. And well, she did that uh, uh, e- extremely wonderfully. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's playful. It's a woman. It's a girl. It's. Uh, somebody in a deep depression, somebody hopeful, you know, she has all these colors, but she doesn't act it out, you know, it's not like, oh, look at me, Mm -hmm. how great I am, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, it has to do, yeah, I don't know, she does a brilliant job. I think the,
1: um, I mean, there's a reason why this role uh, and this play still gets done, and Mm -hmm. it gets done a lot, and it seems to me it's because, as Eva says, The protagonist of the play is inconsistent Mm -hmm. just as we all are Mm -hmm. and when you watch the play you have the disquieting feeling of thinking yes it's like life this that people usually we're used to seeing characters on stage have a kind of consistent Mm -hmm. attitude yeah Um, but she's
0: quixotic in one way
1: she's completely quixotic just as we all are
0: And, and actually you say that it's disconcerting but actually in a way it's affirming to people Yes. That that actually you know we're all in some way or other not perfect.
2: Yes. Yeah, but it's great what you say because w- in theater we tend to create a mm. character, you know, she or he is like this. But in, uh, in uh, I was at home in Amsterdam this morning having breakfast with Jan, you know, but having to rush out already I behaved uh, then I was in a in in a, in a my a staff meeting at my company, so during the breakfast with Jan, I behave totally. I'm a totally different man, behaving totally different mm-hmm. from the staff meeting I have with my uh, with my uh, managers, you know, <laughs> in the theater. Then I had to go to the airport, making phone calls. In these phone calls with very different people in different countries, I behave again differently. Mm-hmm. But it's all Ivo Van Over. Yes. Uh, but I'm. I think it's a misunderstanding in theater that we try to. To, to reduce identities to one thing. There's a wonderful book. I don't. It exists in English. Uh, I. It's a very small, uh, tiny book. It's uh, by a French writer, uh, an author of novels, but also an, of essays. And he wrote an essay. Uh, it's called in English "In the Name of Identity." Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful book that describes that we, it's, it's more on a universal level yeah. or political mm-hmm. level, but that we t- tend to reduce people to to yeah. their roots, where they come from, you know, but you are also, I'm coming from, my roots are yeah. in a very small town in Belgium, in, Fla- in, in Flemish part of Belgium, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm also a gay person, I'm also uh, the general manager of my company, mm-hmm. I'm also an international networker, you could yeah. say, I'm, I'm so much more than one yeah. thing. And in the theatre, we tend to reduce characters to... This character. Yeah.
0: Yes. Patrick, you're going to be in tonight. Yes. What, what, how, how are, you, are you excited? Are you apprehensive? Well, uh,
1: yes. I haven't seen the play since opening night and I feel very guilty that I haven't been here, but I've been very busy, so I'm very excited to see it again. And it will feel it will feel new. Um, and um, it's been a thrill to just yeah. be involved in this.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for an extraordinary night. Thank you very much to Eva and to Patrick. Thank you.